Hello there, my name is Mark, aka The Canardian, and this is episode 76 of Holocron Chronicles. Charlie is out exploring the galaxy once again, taking him away from the show, but I have an absolutely amazing guest who has been summoned, Master Alan. <laughs> Welcome back to the show. <laughs> It's fun to do this a second time. I'm sorry I didn't get to hang out with Charlie this go around, but we're going to have a good time all the same. Um, <laughs> I was like mentally prepared to do my I have been summoned thing, but then you tipped it and I was just like, oh, no, I can't keep a straight face. <laughs> I have been summoned. There we go. I needed uh, that. I needed to get in there. I'm sorry I spoiled the uh, the intro there. Um, and I know like for you as a, as a content creator, you know, so like I'm, I'm an introverted person. I'm a nerdy dude, but as a, as a, as a martial arts instructor, and now as a content creator, I have to pretend to be an extrovert. And so the master Alan character is very much a character and I cannot take myself seriously. And so like, it helps that it's like, when I film it, I'm not immediately reseeing what I just filmed. Like when I'm, mm -hmm. when I'm teaching, I have to look at myself in a mirror. So I have to watch myself being ridiculous. It's a lot harder to stay in character on camera. It's a lot easier because I'm not having to like witness myself be a doofus or, you know, or ridiculous or whatever. And the, I have been summoned thing. Like I had the, the, the few times where that bit like played well, it was just like, all right, okay, this is going to be one of the things I do now. You'll get your turn. Uh, <laughs> I get to show you guys this later. I don't know if anybody actually gets to see it, but yeah, this is, this is going on the site. It was supposed to be on the site today, but then I got busy with lots of things. It's that time of year. Um, but yeah, so like the, I have been, I have been so many things like that. Just, it became a, okay, this is a bit that I have to routinely do. And if I have to watch myself do it, it's a lot harder. To do it. <laughs> it's really great. I love the, uh, the sneak attack videos where someone will be talking about something. I'll be just flicking through TikTok or whatever, and not really paying attention to like whose name is at the bottom. And I'll be watching something and someone will be talking about something completely random. I'll be like, this is kind of a weird thing to show up on my for you page or whatever. And then boom, I have been summoned. And you just kind of, just jump out of a curtain or you do whatever kind of like little intro. I love it. It's uh, it always keeps me on my toes whether and it's sometimes it's, it's lightsaber related. Sometimes it's completely like at a left field, like someone talking about something completely different and then you just pop up and it's like, Oh, there he is. Okay. Uh, it's, it's fantastic. Every time if someone's not following you, uh, they should be. And we're going to learn all about you in like two seconds. But first, I have to thank all of our Patreon supporters. Uh, you can Excellent join segue. us at Patreon. Nice uh, thanks, thanks. I, I was, you know, I've been, I've been working on those segues. Uh, you can join our Patreon for free for seven days. You can check it out at patreon.com slash secret friends unite. Uh, I want to thank all of our patrons from the, the $1 tier to the $2, $5 best friends. 
your lightsaber's making noises. I just knocked mine off my table. That's all good. Uh, but I want to thank all of our, uh, our friends with Benefit Tier, the Corian HD, uh, John Sadorth, the Phoenix Sisters Cosplay, and Brendan Myers, uh, as well as our BFF Tier, Sean, Stella, and Henry Nias, Miss, Missy Merchant, and Andy Milliken. Uh, thank you all so much again. Um, you can find a free seven-day trial at patreon.com slash Unite and support us at... Uh, whatever level you deem worthy, if, uh, if that's your thing. Uh, I will mention that um, we do now have ad-free audio and video. There's going to be ads on the free tiers. If you're listening to this on regular podcast feeds, you're going to notice an ad uh, plum in the middle of this thing. Uh, and that's basically so we can pay for the recording software that we use and, and all that kind of stuff. It's but Patreon supporters get that for free. So uh, ad free audio and ad free video on patreon.com slash secret friends unite. If that's your jam, uh, go throw a buck our way and you, uh, you get to listen to this without Zencaster pitches and, and all that kind of shenanigans. And it sounds like a really good deal. I think so. I think it's pretty great. Uh, <laughs> so if that's your thing, uh, go over there. And if not, Hey, that's fine too. Give us a like and a share and subscribe on YouTube and all that kind of stuff. And also very, uh, very relevant to this episode. You can also find my level up lightsaber affiliate link in the show notes. So if you want to get yourself a saber, uh, you can. And that's another great segue to uh, Master Alan telling us all about what you do. If someone missed you the first time around, and I hope they'll go back and listen to your introduction because it's a great introduction to like how you got into star Wars. And I think people, um, you know, people like in my age range, a little bit up and possibly even a little bit down, um, you know, you mentioned getting into them through VHS and all that kind of stuff. It's a, it's a great, great kind of like throwback to that. Like you could, we didn't have streaming services. We'd hardly had DVDs. It was all recorded off a of TV. Um, great episode. Go back and listen. But for now, I want to hear all about Level Up Sabers and uh, and what's been going on over there and and with all your content and all that and just everything. Um, Well, um, Cliff's notes. In right about this time of year, three years ago, I went viral for stitching off of somebody's content. There was there was somebody that had a stick in their bedroom and they were asking for recommendations on a lightsaber that was going to be better than that random stick that they had found in their bedroom, and I was like. I can make that funny. And so then <laughs> I, 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 I grabbed like, you know, the five second, the five second stitch is what TikTok lets you do. And so I grabbed five seconds and then I filmed, you know, 54 seconds of my own went through, this was back before there was the auto caption feature. So you had to like type the text in manually to, to get your captioning. And that was something that like I did every single time and some other stuff, you know, like, um, uh, uh, and, and guaranteed that the lightsabers from my shop were better than a stick and a quarter million people saw it in like three days and, Jesus. It, and it just like, it changed, it, it changed, it changed the business. I went from like, wow. Oh yeah. You know, like I'll sell, I'll sell a few here and there online. That'll be cool. But like, mostly this business is going to like, as I grow my class, Louisville, Kentucky, St. Matthew's Martial Arts. We have a lightsaber class. Classes are Saturday and Sunday. So if you were listening from the Bluegrass State, um, 
We'd love to have you. I don't know why this is. So people that are not from Kentucky, this isn't going to make sense. It is called the Bluegrass State. Kentucky's a commonwealth. Now, there aren't that many commonwealths in the United States. And so we say 50 states because reasons. But there are commonwealths. The difference between a commonwealth and a state is the spelling. Um, but but yeah, so the commonwealth of Kentucky, Bluegrass State. I don't, It doesn't make sense to me, but I'm an outlander. <laughs> And so it's possible that like somebody from Kentucky could explain it to me. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, KFC better than Chick-fil-A. I will die on that hill. Um, <laughs> but, you know, like I, I thought that the, the web shop was going to just be like, oh, I'll make a I'll make a little bit of money off of my students, provide them a lightsaber that I have vetted and approve of. And, you know, here we go. And then I took off, just took off thanks to TikTok. And, um, have had, have had a few other, like what's, what is functionally a commercial go viral since and like, you know, and so my, my little, like, oh, this is, this will be a a quaint little like thing. This will be a, this will be like a fun thing that I do, you know, two, three nights a week has become a, Mm -hmm. like I'm, I I post a TikTok two to three times a day, every day. Yeah. And I'm, I'm trying to get good at the Instagram. I am not good at the Instagram yet, but I'm getting there. I'm getting closer. It's, it's I'm slightly st- different. Yeah. It's, it is. It's, the vibe uh, is it's, different. It's weird. Yeah. I'm super good so. at YouTube. Uh, I have yep. no idea what to do with YouTube. I have tried to do YouTube shorts consistently, and I don't know what people want. And it's just, yep. it's not working out. But if you guys could follow me, maybe that'll change it. I don't know. There um, go. Um, yeah. Everything will be linked in the show notes. So any kind of uh, link that, that you want to follow, uh, you can, um, for me, it's the opposite, man. I cannot like every once in a while, I'll do something on TikTok that I think the numbers are kind of going up in a good way. And then they'll kind of peter off uh, Instagram. I just, I find the vibe over there. I just get it a little bit better, but, um, it's, it's weird, man. It's, 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 uh, it's where you, where you end up with a community of people that will respond, that will type things when you make a video. Yeah. That's like, yeah, and that's it. it is, it is pulling teeth to get people to type things when I make an Instagram video, when I make a TikTok video, it is much, much easier. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, um, it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's strange. And it's strange where like people gravitate and sometimes it moves from, like you know, from one platform to another. Um, yeah, for, for me, it was TikTok for a while when I first started getting into Star Wars content creators or, or Twitter, I mean, sorry. Um, oh, yeah. And that's kind of completely moved. And then luckily I found this little like group on on, uh, on Instagram. But um, I'm also very happy that I stumbled upon your stuff because I can guarantee that this sucker really is, is nice better pixel. than a stick. That, is, that was pretty. Uh, I like that startup. That was good. That I don't know what that was because this is an RGB. Oh, um, it might just be the way I, that the, so like the, um, cause it has like a, a little bit of an off time when it lights up, it doesn't just right. like immediately, it has like a little, um, and so it might just be between the angle and the camera. Cause it, yeah, um, that was it's weird. the, do you have the blur background thing on? I do. That's it. Yeah. I wonder if that's it. <laughs> that's why. That was cool. I mean, yes, this is a very expensive and fancy RGB lightsaber that I accidentally jammed into the grass uh, a week or so ago. You can actually it still happens. see some dirt from where I tried yeah, to catch yeah. it. I was, I was flipping outside and tried to catch it and just just knocked the thing. And it like I'm talking like stood up in the grass like this. I was like, shit, that's not good. Sword. Yeah, but it's still working and it's better than a stick. There you um, go. That's all that matters. They're great. 
They're great. Uh, so you're running a, a promotion right now. Oh, we're going to go store. right to that. All right, yeah. And sure. so we are on 12 days of Sithmas. Um, I did this last year to like mixed response. Um, but like 12 days of Sithmas seems like a really obvious like tie-in, at least to me. Like that's like a, like, yeah, have fun with that. Like Labor Day weekend, I do Saber Day weekend. And so 12 days of Sithmas runs till December 12th. You use the code Sithmas and you get 12% off. And so there's just like, there's a bunch of stuff on the site, depending on what you want from a lightsaber or what you need, whatever. It's just an easy, like, oh, I save a little bit of money, get yourself something nice. Um, I've got so many, so many things I've added to the site in the last six weeks. It's hard to keep track of it all. I had a video recently go, go like do very, very well. That was like, cause I have a beam saber now for anybody out there. That's a Gundam fan. Um, I now have like, it's the Gundam beam saber, the, the sides of the handle light up a bunch of stuff. It's like, it's, it's really good. Cool. <laughs> if I had a 3d printer, I'd already be figuring out how to do like the, like <laughs> the cosplay. Um, that's been my TikTok lately, actually. It's like 3D printers. And I'm like, I just bought a new fridge. I have zero money for anything. I was saving up for a new lightsaber. I wanted your space pirate thing because I have this pirate oh, Jedi cosplay. One. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, I need, like, and the whole, like, I'm like, I'm ready to go. I got this. And then my fridge was like, nah, not today, son. Um, so that sucked. But, uh, but yeah, it's pretty much. Um, it's, <laughs> but it's, it is, it, I, I love seeing like the, the deals and the different, like you're always mixing things up. You're always getting something new. It's, it's always great to see. Well, and like I, I work with a manufacturer that they, they produce a lot of stuff constantly and it's more than I can, like what they already produce is more than I want to have to carry. Cause it's just like, it's, it's silly to have inventory shelves where you have like two of something. And I want to work out of inventory as much as I can. There's there's ways I've had to modify that this year. Because mm. um, it came out with an electronics upgrade that's freaking awesome. Um, you can you can control volume and color and other stuff from an app. Um, it's easier to add sound fonts. RGB now has a bunch of features that um, used to be pixel exclusive, stuff like that. So it was, like, it was huge. It was awesome. Um, but then I was sitting on a ton of inventory that I had like previously accumulated um, with the old electronics. And I, I, I felt like it was not genuine to sell that at retail price. Um, and so like that, that has, that has forced me to, um, you know, do a little bit more drop shipping, do a little bit more like pre-order cycle kind of stuff this year to kind of um, offset some of that, like the, the stuff that I just had to sit on for a while and like take to conventions and do specials. And, um, for this holiday season, I have these very special display lightsaber boxes. And basically it's like the, all the character sabers that are, that it's the last of my clearance stuff, um, that I've got it boxed up with like a, a saber stand and all that kind of stuff. So then it's ready for me to just slap a label on it. And actually we were talking about this the other day, yeah. um, but it's the, you know, I think I've got like 15 left at this point that um, especially for people that want to have a display saber, it's they'll be able to get it quickly, which is really difficult to do with lightsabers this time of year. Um, and some really cool characters. Like I've got a couple of the thin neck Kenobi's left and, um, the Ray Skywalkers and the Dark Maul, which is like an awesome because it's both sides of it. Um, oh, nice! It's it's really pretty. <laughs> yeah. 
And then if you want to give lathe form, you can get those separate. Like, but this, but the way I've got it set up is to make it so that if somebody is just like, oh man, I need this in a rush, then I can like, mm-hmm. I can print the sticker the night they order it, slap the sticker on the box and then drop it off the next day. Um, Amazing. Because uh, the, the nature of, of my business is really, really difficult to do that. Um, because I have to, I have to cut blades manually. I have to measure blades and other things like that. So if somebody orders four or five sabers, then there's a whole lot of, okay, I got to match this aspect of the order to this, make sure that it's packed correctly, all that kind of thing. And so most of the time when I do like the really, really good specials or put something super Mm -hmm. on sale, what I'm doing is making it so that I can just, I can have the box ready in advance and then I just put a sticker on it. Um, so then I can get them to people faster. And so then I don't have to spend as like you know, go as deep into the night, getting it prepped, um, which side note, anybody out there that's thinking about running any commerce business, um, it's, there's, there's so much that you don't think about from like an expenses standpoint and other stuff. Like I've got to order boxes really soon. Otherwise people are going to make orders mm-hmm. towards the end of December and I won't have a way to pack it. And I won't oh, be yeah. able to get the boxes in time to be able to ship them out. And it's, and so like, I've got a, there's so many things that it's like, I got to look a couple of weeks ahead on some things. I got to look a couple of months ahead on other things. And it's, it's, wow. it's a lot. It's so much. <laughs> it's a, a lot more than just like, Hey, click on this link and you can get like a really cool glow stick. Uh, that's better than a stick. You know, like it's, it's, there's a lot to it. So I, yeah, I, pre- I appreciate uh, you know, everything you put into it as well as like just the, the great marketing side and you, um, yeah, I love, uh, watching, um, as a Vence, um, which on that topic, insane. I, I well, and he has, he's insane. requested that I send him some shorter blades. So I've got to, after we get off, today, I, gonna, I may have, I may and, have instigated that. Uh, I, I, I commented on, <laughs> on him doing stuff like you need to get Alan to send you some shorter blades. And I saw the little like like on that, so sorry. Well, and when I uh, no no no, and because uh, like because I got to give it to him at the at the uh, I was at a convention in Cincinnati a couple of months ago, um, and he's he's somewhere in Ohio. I can't remember where specifically, um, but it was like it wasn't that far away. I was going to be there, and I was like, hey man, come to the con. This will be really cool. He had other friends that were attending, and I was, so it was like you know it was a great weekend. Um, but and I was like, all right, so you can cut these, right? But that was right in the middle of a convention weekend. And like, if you have a conversation, even like if you hang out with somebody for a little bit and then you have a conversation that's less than five minutes, like the number of details from that conversation that you hold on to after the fact is like, that's, you know, like there were so, there were so many people that wanted his time that weekend, not just me. Like, I can't, I can't even imagine like doing the whole being at a con and like, you know, be like kind of roving around with different people. And then like, and different groups and other stuff. Every convention I've been to as a creator, I have been in one spot and people come by and by and by and by. And then eventually like somebody's like, Oh, Hey, it's master Allen. Oh, Hey, do you need a lightsaber? You want to touch one? Okay. All right. Oh yeah. 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 It's, um, yeah, that's, it's definitely, um, I've been starting to go to more cons. I, I know, I know what you mean with the, that. It's like, there's so many things. It's, on, it's, it's, it's like a casino because there's so much going on. It's, it's just like so there's flashing lights like, and there's this and yeah. stuff. Yeah, it's, it's very wild. difficult to hold on to details. <laughs> yeah, very much so. Uh, I can't wait to see what he does. Yeah, with a shorter blade because 
unwieldy to do something and you still want like a full blade so you need like a secondary blade to really like kind of shorten up to what he wants right so it's, i'm i'm looking forward to that content well um, hopefully we're going to be able to do a home and home at some point my dojo is not tremendously well suited for meteor hammer but like you know, we'll find a park or something like you know like it's like ideally at some point we'll do a home and home where you know like i have him out he does some stuff i had i head to him we do some lightsaber things and whatever because they're like they're a martial arts family like, you know, that's his, um, um, you know, cause his dad's an instructor and other stuff. So that's like, you know, they're, the, they've got a, they've got a really cool, like a really cool space. I want to get to see it in person someday. Nice. That's amazing. Um, I got a, we, like I said, we went through the questions of how do you got into star Wars and all that kind of stuff. But since you've yeah, been I was on just about looking a year ago, thinking about it. yeah, it has been. Uh-huh. We we've been asking some new questions. So the first one I want to ask, um, and we've been talking about lightsabers this long, and I haven't asked your favorite lightsaber color. What's your default? Like you'll see at most videos that I'm in, it's green or some variation of like a greenish blue. Sometimes with the pirate Jedi, give more of a sea kind of impression. But usually I'm yeah. green. What, what's your default? So for filming, I do a lot of yellow mm. um, because the way it lights, like the, the way it produces light, it produces light for film. Cause it doesn't like the colors that I'm generally wearing, it doesn't distort any of them. And so I do yellow really often. And then the other one that I use most often is green. And so like the, 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 the two colors that I use the most green and yellow, um, the, I really like doing yellow and purple. Um, I also really like, um, um, the green and yellow like together. Mm. And so like, those are the, um, those are, those are like the two combinations. And like, I've liked purple and yellow a lot more until there was a time where I, I can't remember what I was doing with the video. I want to say it was a, the, a double OB Annie with staffs. Mm. Um, and somebody was like, Oh, Lakers colors. And then I was just like, man, he poisoned it for me. <laughs> oh, wounds me. <laughs> uh, I, for anybody that so, hasn't followed along with a lot of my content. And this is the, the Celtics are, are playing a very close game right now. I'm a, a lifelong Celtics fan more or less. Um, and so as a lifelong Celtics fan, um, the Sixers and the Lakers. I just I have to have animosity towards them. It's not and it doesn't it does not extend to you. And so if you are a Lakers fan, if you're a Sixers fan, if you're a Heat fan, I do not have animosity to you. And I don't actually have animosity to the people that are that are on the teams. It's just the laundry that I hate. Like right. it's the that makes rent, sense. you know, it's like that's all. I get that. Just yep. you know, just the that. outfits. Yeah. The uh, the yellow green combination, I mean, fits with the the Boston Scally it, it hat that, uh, that you have. Like, it works for the whole thing. Um, lights really well. It's a good combination. Yeah, yeah. I find that's the problem I have, and I love doing uh, blue green combos if I'm doing two, and sometimes just blue on its own. But I find depending on what I'm doing, the the blue really looks weird on camera. And I think they found the same thing in, in the Obi-Wan red. Kenobi TV show. Like it, it doesn't film well. Red and, um, red and blue create the same kind of thing. I don't know if it's going to do it because I've got a really strong front light, but like, oh, that's pink. Ooh. 
So if I this. do this, there we go. And so like, I've done a couple of videos on this where like the environment helps inform yeah. like what color the blade is. Cause if you just look at the blade, it's so bright, it looks mostly white. But as we get into blue, because of the way that digital cameras work, it makes the shadows look weird. And red yes. does the same kind of thing. And then if you notice, like now, like my colors are getting distorted here. Hold on one second, I'm gonna make this. So freaking loud. Look how bright that thing is. If anyone's not watching the video, pause right now, go to the video, because he's in complete darkness and it was very well lit up. It too, okay. Look at this. Wait a minute. Hold on. That's going to give somebody a headache. Rainbow blade. Rainbow blade. I thought we were getting the rainbow for a second. There we go. One, two, That'll really give somebody a headache. Here we go. All right, and so this is like a light blue, and so it doesn't do the same. It, it won't do the same thing in terms of like making the shadows look weird, but it distorts the colors. And then as we, oh, come on, color change, get moving. There we go. Now it's going. All right, and yeah. so like as you, look at yeah, super distorted right now. And so then it makes it makes the depth perception weird. And with a camera, yeah. it's already two D. And so your eyes already struggle with depth. And so then if you do something that makes it so that the shadows don't behave normally, then mm -hmm. like, but like your primary colors and for light, your primary colors are red, green, and blue. And so those are the three lights that show up the best in terms of filming. Um, mm -hmm. Like, so anybody out there that's a creator, um, if you're doing a lot of lightsaber content and you're having trouble, um, two things I strongly recommend. The first one is front light yourself. And then it helps people be able to tell what color your lightsaber is. Mm -hmm. um, but also it'll make it so that you don't get like, you don't, you don't lose as much information about you for the camera. Cause that, cause that flat, yeah. that flat aspect really, really messes with people. And now this thing is going to be on the say, site this a new, sometime a new tomorrow. Hilt. Yeah. Holy. Um, oh, I love that. It's got a crystal in the bottom that matches the blade. It's a good one. Yeah, it's a really good one. It's like oh, I love that. Sort of Stormtrooper-esque. Oh, yeah. I'm a fan. Yeah. It's a good one. It's a very good one. That is really good. You always have great names. What's the name of this one? Um, I've, I've, uh, I've actually I've talked to my friend Chris, the Star Wars lawyer, um, because one of, the, one of the things that he wanted from the sequels that he did not get was Jedi Fit. And that oh, there are yeah. a lot of people that when they see that design attribute it to Finn because um, like using like found stormtrooper parts to sort of mm -hmm. craft his saber. And so there are a lot of people that are like, oh, if, if Jedi Finn, if that was a thing, this would be his saber. Now, I don't know that I necessarily agree, um, but um, I feel like. I feel like he would have a little bit different vibe, but I'm, I'm, I'm creating a piece of content to toss it out to Chris um, so that, that we get an opportunity to kind of go back and forth with it a little bit. Um, it'll be on the site, but it may be unnamed uh, sort okay. of depending on how that goes with him and like the order that we get things released. <laughs> gotcha. Gotcha. If you name it after Finn, man, I, I might need to start saving for that one. Cause that's my son's name. We named him after the character. Oh, you might be yeah. slightly killing me right now, just uh, oh, with sorry. a Jedi in lightsaber. That's uh, that's okay. It's 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 a good complaint to have. 
uh, an awesome like, lightsaber for myself. I can't, be, I can't um, be sad if people are like, no, no, no. I have to. <laughs> I have to have this lightsaber yeah. because of my Terrible. kid. Yeah, all right. Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, <laughs> that leads me perfectly into my next question. Is your right. favorite overall lightsaber design? Uh, mine, sadly, I haven't seen on any store ever, aside from some like 3D non-functional prints on Etsy. And that is a Gunji's saber. Oh, so if you yeah. ever come across someone that's making wooden sabers, hit me up. Uh, what's your favorite overall? All right. And so like my, my perception's distorted because um, like I see it all in martial arts first and then like coolness factor second. Um, and most of the Jedi sabers and Sith sabers were built by people that hate hands. Um, <laughs> just correct. Just, yep. just hate hands. Um, the most classic saber designs. If you were going to fight like using it, like you might as well be a cheese grater. Um, I, I'm not a fan. <laughs> yep. yep. Um, I was talking to someone at, uh, recently about, um, Oh man, was it Rev? Was it Revan's saber? That's just Revan's like is, terrible. Well, Revan's is terrible. really because it's shaped like a triangle, and so like yeah. that's not a good. That's not a good shape for your hand. Um, round is not as good as oval, so that like for something to fit in your hand. Um, but round is better than triangle. <laughs> triangle yeah. is not good. Um, and then like um, there are certain designs where, um, so if you imagine like. If you imagine a bowling pin, okay? And so you've got the the end that normally sits on the ground is the fat end. And if you were going to pick it up, if you imagine like a juggler that juggles a bowling pin, right? And so you hold it by the neck. And so what you want from something that you are supposed to keep in your hand while you're fighting, you want it to be so that where your hand is, there's a, there's a stop if it slides down and there's a stop if it slides forward. And so like that the like the roman gladius where it's like there's enough space for a fist and there's like the bar on top and the bar on the bottom mm -hmm. right and so like those are those are the sorts of things that you need from a weapon that you're going to use with one hand if you're going to have two hands then it changes like it changes a little bit um mm -hmm. but like cal kestis's saber using cal kestis's saber one-handed is really difficult because it's mm. it's really really heavy on the front side and it basically from the from the front all it does is taper and so then you, it's basically it's like a ramp that your hand can slide <laughs> off of and the revan saber has a lot of the same thing going on um so there's like a bunch of the sabers that it's just like it looks awesome i love a bunch of the calcastus saber designs like they're really cool um, I, I can't fight with them the way that I want to fight with them. And so it's just like, this looks awesome on a shelf. I'm happy having this on a shelf. Um, Qui-Gon's is a great one. Qui-Gon's is really good. Um, uh, cause it's even got like a surface that's flat. And so like, right. not only do you have good grip surface, you don't have control boxes. Like you've got, it's really easy to have a really dynamic grip with that one. It works one handed, it works two handed. That one's, that one's awesome. Um, I have, this is convenient because it's sitting here. This is my last one of these. So do you remember Star Wars Visions? Yeah. Do you remember Lop? That's the, yeah. And so the, it's like, I don't know if it was supposed to be a rabbit or a dog or whatever. I always um, thought rabbit. Like, yeah, it was, that was sort of my, that was, that was my impression. And then with a name like Lop, that is sort of reminiscent of Hop. That was my, yeah. that was my assumption. And a um, lop-eared rabbit. Yeah. Thing. That's how I used that to have when I was a kid. 
Yeah, that was that was my thought too. But there are some people that go puppy person first. Uh, but this is Lopsaber, and wow. it's got like oh. a really neat set Very of cool details brand. to it. Um, and I actually have one of these left in the those uh, the 250 mystery box things that I was talking about. Um, this is it. <laughs> but I really, I love this one. Like, this one's just so pretty. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the first one that I fantasized about, like, as a, as a, as a kid was Luke's. Um, yeah. Now, yeah. now having owned Luke's, it's like, I don't know. <laughs> Not unless I'm wearing gloves. <laughs> If I'm, if we're like, if we're sparring and I'm wearing, and we're, and we're both wearing like, you know, protective equipment and stuff like that. Okay, cool. But <laughs> yeah, you got to know where that control box is. You got to wear gloves. It's uh yeah. Pain is unforgiving. And the, and the, the, like, it's basically just a stack of discs leading up to that. <laughs> and it's just a whole bunch yeah. of right angle metal and like anywhere where you have right angle metal and your hand is coming in contact with right angle metal. It doesn't feel good. It's not, that's how you get cut. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's why even like you're, you're, you know, and then this one, uh, is, is good, but I still wrapped it in leather on the bottom there. Um, uh, and, and if you, you know, and if you two hand grip that, that design, the bottom, because it's flat is depending on how you two hand grip, it may not be very comfortable. Um, and so like we use lapsaver cause it's handy. And so if you oh, are from cool. a school that you normally hook your pinky, is that something that some do? This would be great if these things weren't on it. Right. It would be fine. This that would it would fit perfectly. Because what most sword styles have you do if you're going to two hand is you put the bottom of it in the center of your palm so that you're wrapping your mm-hmm. fist around it. Because that's the bottom part of the lever, and then that's the top part of the lever, and that's how you control the blade. All right. And cool. so, like, this works okay. Luke saber. Not so much. Um, Kenobi, because it's got like a grenade piece in the middle. Yep. Also, not so much. Uh, the Graflex is like probably the worst because in addition to the fact that there's not enough space above or below, it's also like this big around. Um, yep. Very similar to the, the Disney Sabres. Like mine's behind yeah. me. Those things are just massive. And they're like, so heavy. <laughs> twice their circumference of this thing. It's like that's a two-handed broadsword. And nothing else. I don't sting with that thing. I don't do a thing. They're ridiculous. But I I, I loved the experience. But like as far as doing anything with it, it's like, Mm. "Mm, that's a showpiece. Thank you. Uh, That was was an experience. Um, And it is a physical reminder of an experience that I had that was amazing. That's it. It was interactive theater and a a cool memento. Um, does that, give us a, the, uh, does that does that segue to the the uh, the the merch question? I remember thinking about you that. know what I I, I think so. Yeah. Do you have a favorite bit of like a, a collectible, an item, something that you own that's the, that that stands out? So, like, I've been to I, I've been to the the uh, Galaxy's Edge all of one time, right? Right. Like, and so there's not a lot of like. There's not a lot of merch I've accumulated. And like you get this as a dad too, right? Because it's like you get to a certain point, it's like, okay, my kids can have more fun because I can do they can do this thing. Or I can get this thing that I want and I kind of have to pick between these two. And then as a dad, it's just like you're never gonna pick yourself. No. <laughs> just not. No. You're just never gonna pick yourself. Um, because there's there's very few things that are so fun that you can enjoy them 
without thinking about what it could have been for them instead. And that like, that is a, that is a reality of parenthood. That's very difficult to describe. Um, but it's like, but it's like, there's certain things that it's just like, man, this could have been this for them. They could have done this. I'm yeah. doing this and this is really cool. But like half of me is thinking about what it could have been instead. Right. Um, but so when we went to galaxy's edge, I did the droid build and that was so cool. Yeah. And so I have, I have my little purple BB unit. Um, the kids got to help me put it together. And so they got, you know, they got to have all these moments. I remember I got to, I got to post that earlier this year. I want to say it was in like February. Um, but like it's, there's again, like the interactive theater. Cause there's the, like they activate it and they pair it to your thing and it comes alive in front of you as you help put it together. And there's these, you know, and there's different voice chips to try out. Um, you know, as a, I got to, yeah. I got to make it a business expense to buy voice chips. Um, <laughs> like, you know, like, oh, perfectly. Company's going to pay yeah. for this. This is justified. Excuse me. Absolutely. Um, damn, yeah. um, right. And so like, that's like, there, there are very few things that I have Star Wars collectible wise that are things that like I had like a really cool connection to the physical object. Um, that is one of them. Uh, the other one I don't have with me cause it's at the dojo, but I, this is, so have you been reading any of the high Republic stories? A bit. Yeah. Okay. All right. So I became mutuals with Daniel Jose older, um, who is, if you are, if you are listening to this and you're a star Wars fan and you're not familiar with Daniel Jose older, um, he is, uh, very active on all social media. He's one of the, one of the story group people for, the high Republic stories. He's a marvelous author. Um, and his wife is a marvelous author in her own right as well. Like they're really just, they're just fantastic people. Um, and they're very active on TikTok and Instagram and Twitter and et cetera, et cetera. Right. But so I became mutuals with him early ish on in the pandemic. And, um, I got to read some of the IDW high Republic adventures comics. Um, cool as a part of that. Well, so there was a bit that became very popular among fans, which was, um, there's a, there's a Jedi named Torben Buck who, when he goes into conflict, shouts buckets of blood. Um, <laughs> uh, and this is based on a real life human being that, um, DJO knows that cause he was an EMT. And so there was somebody that English was not their first language and they were on the radio saying buckets of blood because, <laughs> because it was blood to put into people to make mm. them better because they were hurt or right. injured or whatever. Right. So this was a healer's war cry it was the buckets of blood. And so then he imported that onto this Jedi. Um, Love. Uh, but Yoda apparently dazzles him with some baked goods, which look basically like, you know, like brownies. Um, and this leads to a comic issue. It was a special edition that was a bake-off. It's <laughs> <laughs> so a buckets of blood uses Master Yoda's um, uh, Master Yoda's recipe in this in this bake-off. Not against Master Yoda, against somebody else. Um, and I have a signed copy, and it is I. It's just like, that's one of my, that, that's one of my things. It's like, I have a signed copy of that. And it's just like, this is, there's such a cool story about this comic book. It doesn't make any sense if you don't like Star Wars, but I have one and it's autographed. 
That's amazing. We talked, we did that live on Instagram uh, when people are listening Yesterday, to this a couple yeah. of days ago. And we talked about how ridiculous Star Wars can be and also how serious. And it's so funny that something like Buckets of Blood and a Bake Off can be in the same universe as Andor. And that delights me. And it, and completely. Like, and it, and it fits, right? Like if you look at, like, if you look at the globe, there is countless atrocity taking place as we speak, but there's also like small human things. Like mm-hmm. there's silly things and there's tragic things. And like, cause that's life, right? Like that was the, um, uh, I feel like people talk about that with Shakespeare and some other stuff, but that's mm-hmm. like, that's, and that's one of the things about star Wars. Like it's, you know, yeah, I'm still waiting for hugs. Uh, as this, like, you know, <laughs> or, or like every, every time, whenever people complain about star Wars being ridiculous, I am always reminded of a new hope with Han Solo. We're fine. We're all fine here now. How are you? It's ridiculous. Yeah. It's, it's, it's just, like, it's, it's, never, it's fine. It's we're never meant to be like high cinema now. or anything. It's, it's, yeah. uh, and it, that, that can fit, but also it can be very ridiculous. And I love it when it's ridiculous. Um, we get. I want to. I want to move on to something new yeah. in this. Speaking of ridiculous and, and how Star Wars is now and how it can be going, Dave Filoni has a new role in Star Wars. Uh, he is the chief creative officer at Lucasfilm officially now. I want to get your your opinions on this. How do you feel about Filoni stepping into a bigger role? We talked a little bit before we started recording about. You know, does this change anything? And and I had read an interview or, or something where he basically said, you know, it's, it seems like it's the same kind of stuff, but he basically alluded to the fact that he's involved earlier now in all of the projects, or at least most, but it sounds like all of the projects, like before he was involved in, you know, the stuff that he made so ahsoka and mando and that kind of stuff but now and you know could sometimes be called in to be like hey does this work hey does that work can you stop by for a day and see how we're doing but the stories are already developed too far that he you know can't really come in and mess things up now it seems like he has that power very 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 early on to come in and mess things up yeah and i'm wondering about that i mean like it's so especially when it comes to like um, making TV shows, making movies, like all of these things, right? Like the, so, um, are you Douglas Adams fan? All right. So Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy was a wildly popular novel. Douglas Adams is the author. Oh yes. Um, I love the movie. I've never read the book. Okay. Um, and so the movie came many, many years after he died and, but like the rights were, eons before that like they were trying to make that movie for a very long time and it and then it changed directors it changed like different studios bought the rights different writers different like different talent got associated with it all kinds of stuff right and so one of the quotes that douglas adams have that has has lingered with me since is that making a movie is like trying to cook a steak by having a long series of people step into the room and breathe on it once (laughs) sounds delightful it's, but it's like, you know, so it's like there's there's projects that like every now and then something will happen fast from a from a production company. Like something will something will have like a certain zeitgeist and so it will happen fast. But in general, 
things happen very, very slow. And there's a lot of like somebody gets put in a certain position, but then like some other stuff can't get lined up. And so then that person then has to go to another project because they had another commitment or they get an offer that is better than sitting on their hands because a director can't get paid if they're not making a movie. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and so like the, where, whatever his creative position means, like whatever, whatever that's going to mean logistically in terms of like, um, uh, how projects get made, how projects get chosen to be made and things like that. Like, I don't, I don't know how much it's going to change the speed with which things can happen. Um, if we think back through the last, you know, the four years, um, of like the, the rise of Disney plus and like all the stuff that's planned versus what ultimately happens. Um, you know, like, like the road Squadron movie and other things. It's like, that's, but that's also like, that's, that's television production. That's movie production. And so that wasn't, mm-hmm. you know, I, I don't know what word to use there. It's like, that wasn't, that wasn't all that shocking. It was a little bit disappointing. I was looking forward to Rook Squadron. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. So like, I don't, I don't know how much of a difference this makes for me. Um, people that didn't like the sequels are excited about Filoni having more involvement because they're like, he is, he's connected to so much of their nostalgia for star Wars. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Um, but it's like, as a storyteller, there's things he does that I really love. There's, there's things that he does pretty consistently that I'm like, well, it's okay. Um, and that's cause that's, that's creative people. Like that's how it's going to be like, um, right. you know, pick a, pick a director. I really, really love Ryan Johnson. Um, and in star Wars circles, that is occasionally a hot take. Um, I have loved basically every movie that man has made i've i've been with him since brick which if you haven't seen is amazing it is a it's a a a noir detective thriller set in a high school joseph gordon levitt is the lead it's a really really good movie um there are people whose criticisms of ryan johnson are separate from the he killed star wars the last jedi like you know like if you didn't like the last jedi you don't have to like the last jedi i'm not gonna argue with about it but like like that's not Ryan Johnson didn't pick what outline he had for the movie. He was given an outline from the story group, which like mm. Dave Filoni is now like, and was a key person of, um, and, and wrote the, wrote the script to match the outline that was expected. Um, but like he doesn't have a strong history of having a lot of people of color in his films. He's had a lot of movies with a lot of, white actors and so there are some people that it's like hey i like ryan johnson but this is a this is a pattern within his movies and most of the time in his movies he is the writer and the director and so this is a like this is this is something that i'm not i'm not going to accuse him of whatever but that raises a red flag for me and it makes it so that i have trepidation about being all in on that person and you know, I hadn't, that was a, that was a, a point of view that I haven't ever lived. Cause like I'm a standard issue, doughy bearded white guy. And so hearing that on TikTok when there was somebody that was, you know, talking about, Hey, look, I love the last Jedi. There's all this stuff I love about it, but here are a couple of things that rub me the wrong way about that movie. And here are a couple of things about Ryan Johnson that make me very, very hesitant to go to the mattresses for him. 
And I was just like, man, yeah, that's like, that's a really good point. And I got this opportunity to get this information from this person. And I don't automatically feel like I need to argue with them about their world experience. I just got to learn from it. And, and then it makes me go back and rewatch these movies that I still love, but I, I see them in a different light. Um, there, mm-hmm. there are many people of color that their objection to the last Jedi is how much Finn's role is diminished from the force awakens to the last Jedi. Yeah. It's, Very much it's so. significant. And so like, that's the, like, this is a long way of saying like, I don't, I don't, I don't know that my interaction with Star Wars is going to be changed that much with Filoni getting a promotion. Good for him. Um, yeah. I have functionally been with him since Avatar The Last Airbender. Um, unpopular take. I liked the show better after he left. Um, <laughs> Fair. Like, that's, I, liked, I liked it better after he left. Um, but... Uh, um, but that's uh, like the the things I love about Star Wars. I don't anticipate that they're going to change, like based on what his yeah. what his position and responsibilities are and stuff. And so that's like for me, like yeah, that's kind of that's where I'm at. Um, yeah, uh, yeah. For for me, it's uh, it, love him or hate him doesn't really matter <laughs> to me. It's He's not going anywhere. Certainly, it's there's. <laughs> there's someone in the lead that at least loves star Wars and you can't deny that he at least loves oh, definitely. lives, eat yeah. and breathe star Wars learned as much as he could from George Lucas directly loves telling people about star Wars. You, you watch anything from, uh, from Freddie Prince jr. And he's like, Dave Filoni learned this from George I Lucas. And he Freddy taught Prince me. Jr. And this is right? <laughs> awesome. Clips so get, much. Like, but like, <laughs> So like Filoni is whether you like his style, like him, whatever. At least he's someone that that is now seemingly in a more leadership position, more at the wheel kind of thing, and can direct Star Wars in a certain cohesive direction. And he's a good story guy of like bringing back this little piece or bringing back like, Hey, George had this idea long ago. I'm going to pick that and put it in here. Hey, what about these Mortis gods? This was a weird arc, but I'm going to make it serious and make it cool. And I'm going to tie some things in and I'm going to plant seeds like 15 years ago that now we're going to start to see like he's that guy and giving that guy more power and more creative control to make a cohesive universe, I think is and again, love the sequels or hate them, they pro- probably could have used a little bit more cohesion as far as like where characters are. And you just mentioned, you know, Finn well, being kind of sidelined and stuff like. But so some of some of that is, and this is a this is a for anybody that isn't familiar because like so a lot of people point to oh well J.J. Abrams he directed. He, he directed the bookend ones and then Ryan Johnson was in the middle and JJ mm-hmm. did all of this stuff in response to the, the backlash to this and da, 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 da. So originally Trevorrow was supposed to be the writer mm-hmm. and director for episode nine. Um, and then he produced a movie that flopped hard. Like it yep. flopped hard. And so then like, so like the, one of the one of the things that you'll see with with like different creative projects and things like that, like if somebody says creative differences, right? And so if if somebody says, oh no no no, we parted on creative differences, what that means is so like a producer's job, so like Kathleen Kennedy is getting it 
paid for. It's like they are the person that is writing the checks and they are securing funding and they are writing the checks. That's their job. Their job isn't, you know, story isn't, you know, whatever. Now it's possible that like a producer can, will be like, all right, so we have this money and that is connected to, we have this star. If we lose this star, we lose this money. Um, because people are more likely like, like financial backers for movies are more likely to back a movie that has established talent because it's more likely to be a success. Like that kind of like, that's, that's the game. That's what producers make sense. Okay. If somebody leaves a project because of creative differences, that means that somebody basically on that level said to that person, something to the effect of this, this movie will not get funded while you're connected to it. Yeah. And that might be because that person screwed up like the, the Benioff and Weiss D and D they were supposed to get a bunch of star Wars stuff. But then when season eight of game of Thrones flopped, like, yeah, Disney, Disney got distance from them incredibly quickly. It took like a year so before quick. they formally announced it, but like they were, they were originally scheduled to be at Comic-Con to talk about it and a bunch of other stuff, but then that got canceled. And as soon as that got canceled, it was just like, Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's gone. We just don't know about it yet. It's over. But we know and, about it. And yeah. so like Taika, Taika Waititi and, and Ryan Johnson talking about like scheduling conflicts and things like that. Like that could be, because like Ryan Johnson has the the glass onion, um, uh, no, the, the success of those movies, like he's under yep. contract for stuff, and so that could be a part of it. Because if Disney wants him to make movies, they need to be able to, you know, that was one of the things that Netflix or the Marvel movies, yeah. yeah, whoever it is that's making, because it's like a whatever production house is making them and then selling it to, you know, yeah. and then Netflix gets to say it's theirs, even if they like bought it from the BBC or whatever, like they've been doing that for years. Or um, uh, there's a bunch of Canadian television shows that were hits in Canada that are in the U.S. because Netflix buys the rights from. Oh yeah. Um, like you know, and that's like because it's 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 like oh this is probably this was a hit here it's probably going to be a hit here too that it, um what is it with um uh, Shorzy and oh J- uh, Letterkenny yeah like yeah. you know like that's yeah. that's incredibly popular online with Americans. Thanks to Netflix. <laughs> yeah. But that's so like, you know, Ryan Johnson might get to make his trilogy. I really hope so. Cause I, I believe in him as a writer and director, but it might not. Mm-hmm. Um, the, one of the things to me that made the Kenobi show really amazing is they had a writer's room with a lot of different people and personalities in it. Um, there are other writer's rooms that star Wars has done that. It's not, not a lot of different points of view. Like there's, there was, there was one that the writer's room was basically Filoni and Favreau. And that's yep. like, I like, I like both of them as storytellers. I like them as directors. I, I feel like they're probably awesome human beings and stuff like that, but there's a whole lot of point of view you don't get in Star Wars kind of for everybody. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. So it's, yeah. And, and I like that. So this, this role, hopefully he'll be able to do things top down, but also get that more diverse writer's room because he's not as hands-on with all the projects. Maybe if he's, so, he's going to have to be we'll in that many different places, like they're not going to be able to yeah. get away with having him be the principal writer for everything. Like this right. Is not a- right. So hopefully good things will come from that. Um, we'll see. But one of the things that he, he's talked about and we've, we've gone for a little while of teasing yeah. people that we're going to talk about some stuff. So let's get into it. Dive into Ahsoka. And that is Ahsoka's, 
uh, what are we calling this? Like lightsaber choreography, I guess is the best it, way to yeah. describe what we're going to be talking about. Or fight yeah, scenes. The, the fight scenes. It's like, you know, it's all because because right. they were all, they were all flavored really differently. Very much so. Like every single so. one, they were all. Hey, Secret Friends Unite. Let me tell you about Zencaster. We use them for our show and now they're supporting us. Zencaster is now the all-in-one solution making podcasting easy. It's the ultimate web-based podcasting solution provides high-quality audio and video podcast production and hosting. With a full suite of professional tools, podcasters can seamlessly record, produce, and publish studio-quality content all from one dashboard. Being a creator has never been easier. And we chose Zencaster because of the ease of use. Uh, High-quality output, and we it makes it super easy for our guest to come on. Uh, we had multiple solutions we tried before, and Zencaster has just been the best fit for us. Why Zencaster? It's now super easy to record a podcast with Zencaster. Log in using your browser and start recording a high-quality podcast right away. Record studio-quality sounds and up to 4K video with your guests. Feel a sense of Zen knowing Zencaster's multi-layered backups ensure you always have your recordings in the highest quality, even if the connection is unstable. Have you ever worried what you sound like? Zencaster's post-production process makes you sound buttery smooth. It automatically removes those ums and ahs in your recording. It removes those awkward pauses in conversation too. Set the right podcast loudness and levels while reducing background noise with the click of a button. So if you're interested in making an easy, high-quality podcast just with the click of a browser button, go to Zencaster.com slash SFU and use our code SFU you'll get 30% off your first month of any Zencaster paid plan. I want you to have the same easy experience I do for all my podcasting and content needs. It's time to share your story. Now back to the show. So first off, like we, this, this show started off with a, a, I'll say a spin on a familiar lightsaber, uh, style. Um, we, we saw some, some artwork teased, uh, in the lead up to this. And it was like, are those lightsabers orange or are they red? And this is a weird filter. Uh, turns out they were orange. Turns out that Balin was using a great lightsaber that, uh, hadn't been seen for like 500 years. Although I'd say, um, what's his name? The, the dickhead yeah. from uh, clone wars used a great saber. Or like four of them. Um, Alec Poncrell. Because he it was the was he? Poncrell was the was a he used two staffs. And so two staffs. But they had this. great staffs, right? Like they they were bigger, I, I would imagine. Uh I either way, they're saying first in five hundred years to use a great lightsaber, uh, which is more heavier, more powerful. And then Shin was actually using a light foil, which is I guess lighter, a little bit more maneuverable. So we saw some like they're saying it's new lightsaber stuff, and I don't know how canon this is or if it's just like, yeah, people are saying whatever. whatever. Uh, but either way, we did see, uh, you know, this this show started off with these two coming out. Unusual color unless you pre-ordered uh, Jedi Fallen Order and got the orange saber. But like orange, <laughs> orange is a weird one. And it, 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 it well, kind of like- led off to this show being very different. Uh, and then we saw Balin Skull just do his little, uh, you know, straight off like his his hallway scene with this orange saber and just being a, a goddamn tank with a lightsaber. 
or well, a great saber, whatever you want to call it. And there's certain things within canon that it's just like, oh crap, we have to, like, we have to figure out, right? So, um, the the entirety of the prequel movies were done before the animated, like, Clone Wars started, right? And so then, every single season of Clone Wars, they needed Grievous to be a key bad guy, because he just pops up in the movies without any kind of explanation, like, just, right? And so, like, he's got to be a key bad guy. But he needs to never actually meet Anakin. And so, yeah. like, Incredible. it's really, really difficult to have your principal protagonist and, and, like, your key antagonist never get to meet in your show. But that was what you're handcuffed with, right? Because so, of one stupid line. That's my favorite part. It's the you're, you're, you're shorter or shorter whatever it was. Imagine. Shorter than I imagine. Yeah. Like, that one line wrecked the whole thing for everything like because he it, obviously he had never seen him if he's making fun of his height and proceed then, with and then, seven seasons of a show yeah um jesus then, christ like and now and and this leads to one of my own like this is sort of a color frustration whatever right with the sort of with the prequel era and so return of the jedi leia gets one line where she talks about her real mother and describes her but Lucas, in order to maintain the like the homages and the the symbolism that he was trying to, he needed to kill Padme, and so it was just like, no, nope, yeah. fuck it, <laughs> right? And that's and and yeah. it's a, um, I, I've got I've got a handful of friends that like, you know, because like in the Kenobi show, we got zero like Padme's name has not been said in any of the live action stuff, but Anakin has now had a couple of cameos, a few other things yeah. like that. Like it's like, it's it's time. Like we should, we should be getting some Padme references directly, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but, um, but like that same thing where it's like that one line should have meant, but then it was just like, nah, nah, this is, I like the story yeah. better if I ignore yeah. that. And then, and right. And then, yeah. and, and well, so, you can choose everyone's, yeah. And it, and so like the, the backflips they went through, to make sure that Grievous and Anakin never encountered each other were like, it was impressive. Cause it got really, really close yeah. a couple times. Like, yeah. um, and it, like it could have easily been like, they could have met each other and just have it. Cause like Grievous is a cyborg. You could have had in the, in the cartoon, Anakin chop his legs off and he gets new legs that are a little bit shorter. And that's Anakin's sly little way of just being like, Hey, remember last time I cut your legs off? You know, like that could have been his little like totally dig and you watch yeah. it afterwards and it's just and it like, would have been in character oh, for Anakin. <laughs> what a sassy little uh, drama queen, you know, like that's Anakin. He's is the same guy that made Vader's cape float or rode a TIE fighter down on top. Of, like he's just, he's, he's dramatic. He's drama personified. <laughs> so that line easily could, right. but they, just, they, they danced around so, it for seven seasons. Right. And so like in, and with the, with the dark orange lightsaber or light red or however you want to think about it, whatever. Um, it's even in the, even in the clone wars, like the, the blues are different blues. The greens are different greens. It's like your, your, your lightsaber blade color is like your thumbprint Yeah. and your sound. It's like, it's the same kind of thing. And I like star Wars better that way. Mm-hmm. Um, and that all, that all stems from like having to fix a problem that they encountered in return of the Jedi with special effects. It's like a oh, crap. Blue doesn't show up. We're in the desert. The sky is too blue. It's too bright. We can't make the lightsaber show up. No, make it green. 
well, but Mr. Lucas yeah. is supposed to be blue. Make it green. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and so, like, does does dark orange mean that they're not Sith? Does it mean that they're this or they're broken Jedi? Or that it's just like, oh my god. Do you ever oh. see that meme of uh, lightsaber lore? Uh, if if uh, Samuel L. Jackson never asked for purple and it's this book and it's the other books like this because he did ask for purple. That's essentially it. It's, it's the, the sky and Sam Jackson. And now we have, I like, I have a book of lightsabers in my living room just behind me there. And, and it's, it talks about all the shit. Like the whole, like the consular sentinel thing was born out of the original trilogy. Like that was all like, like that was all things that like writers were like, okay, I'm going to explain this. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. And then everybody else had to more or less like, like, Oh, okay. All right. We'll go with that. That's my consular and Sentinel. Yeah, sure. All right. Uh, And, (laughs) you know, and so like the different, the, the different ways that Ezra has been referenced, like the broken Jedi thing and the, um, you know, like what is, what is Balin? What is Shin Hati? Like, what's the title Mm. for them? What's the word? Because, you know, the Sith are gone and that's why Kylo Ren had to be, you know, on his own with the Knights of Ren and all of this, like, you know, and then the, you know, the original Ren was a, you know, dark side user, which those, those comics are really, really good to dive into Mm -hmm. like when Ben Solo was Ben Solo and who the Knights of Ren were and Luke and Ben and, um, going after them. Like those are, it's, they're really good stories. It's really interesting. Um, it's really, really hard to treat Star Wars like it's a, a an accounting of a history. It's like just because of the which, just the nature of like. Go ahead, go ahead. Which is why I love this show having Hu Yang say the opening crawl because now every single thing in Star Wars from like in my little head canon is just Hu Yang telling stories. And sometimes he flourishes a little too much and sometimes he gets some details wrong because he's 25 freaking thousand years old, which is ridiculous as well. But like, yeah. that's the kind of shit that it's like, oh, okay, so this doesn't line up with this. Yeah. Hu Yang's uh, circuits got crossed that day. Don't worry well, about and, it. And a bunch of people have talked, have hypothesized before about how the opening crawls for the OT and the prequel trilogy are R2. Right. Yeah, he's, he's yeah. one of the only so now characters it's just, that's it's been moved. present for. Yeah, and it's like, all right, yeah, yeah, all right, cool. And then yeah. it's one of the reasons why I like the going from extended universe to legends. Like, I feel like that frees people more to be creative because it's like, well, it's like, um, uh, I don't know how old your littles are, but like at some point, every kid is going to have like their Greek myths phase. Yeah. Right. And it's like, and there's three. So he's more in the Paw Patrol phase than Greek well, yeah, myth, but it's going to happen. Really? It's like everybody, everybody gets there eventually. And like they're all, it's like, well, in this version of the story, this is what happened. But in this version of the story, well, that's, I, you know, I got, I got to, uh, to, to meet Timothy Zahn. I got my, my copy of, uh, of Air of the Empire. I've heard uh, he's signed, a really had a cool chat with him. human. He is a really, really cool guy and so chill. And uh, was talking about ways to make, especially his canon stuff, still work. But also just like a ton of like he, he even went so far as to say like who's to say that Ben was the first 
kid for like Han, Han and Leia. Like you can you can kind of fudge some timeline, have the twins die. Might not fit perfectly into everything in canon, but like you could still have some things, especially like Heir of the Empire, just very quickly work for the most part. They, they don't like, require – and Heir of the Empire was so good. I really hope we don't get Luke. I'd be, yeah. I'd be 100% <laughs> honest there. I really hope we don't get Luke. Um for everybody that hasn't read Heir to the Empire, I won't spoil that. Um, but like, like Heir to the, Heir to the Empire on the show before. plugs in well. Like you gotta tweak yeah. it. There's not a there's not a way to take yeah. anything from like the writ like converting novel to screen is really hard. Um because yeah. the the mediums are so different. Um because you go from like having a narrator and not having a narrator and having to like Yep. You know, internal like, dialogue it just yeah, every, yeah. especially yeah. for characters like thrawn where like having thrawn be the point of view character for a novel is like yeah. it's really really difficult to translate that to screen because mm-hmm. otherwise you're just going to have a whole lot of and voice yeah <laughs> <laughs> that's it yeah yeah very uninteresting but a really cool read but i yeah, mean morgan freeman is the voice of thrawn i'm in but there we go. <laughs> or Anthony Hopkins, like either it. way, like I'm in. If it's one of those two, I'm in. If they are the voice of Thrawn, it can be this and internal monologue voiceover. I'm, uh, I'll do it. Sure, no problem. I've, I've watched it. Yeah, I watched several seasons uh, of that show or or several hours of that movie. Um, Can't do James Rodriguez, but you know, I love. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. yeah there's, and so I, I love watching Star Wars as. Like trying to think of Star Wars as like someone coming in and just being like, I've seen the movies, maybe haven't seen all of the movies. I see this. Why is that lightsaber orange? I don't care. And then we talk about it like this for an hour and it's just fantastic. Um, as a martial arts instructor, I did want to talk about a couple of things that oh, came yeah, up yeah. in this. Uh, like th- dealt a lot more with forms. Again, we saw Balin use kind of a modified form five is is kind of what i've been reading i thought it looked kind of more like a new form because he did have he looked more like a knight with a broadsword but people are saying like that's eh, modified of what vader was using and whatever um, so like the anybody that becomes a great fighter they don't fight like a style they fight like themselves right that's like that's that's like from jump right that's that's one um um, Bruce Lee is relatively famous outside of the martial arts community for inventing the martial art and Jeet Kune Do, the martial art that he invented, he studied a whole bunch of stuff and then he combined it together, you know, like knitting a scarf and said, all right, this is my system. I, I did all this stuff and this is what I'm going to teach based on how I learn and what I've experienced and all that kind of stuff. Basically every martial art throughout the history of time was built that way. Like every form was made up by somebody, right? Like every like it was like it was it was a person, right? Um, and now, in China, during a certain section of the history of martial arts, if you did that and you took credit, then you were considered arrogant. It was rude. It's faux pas, right? And so your your martial art has to have an origin story. You got to have a legend. Mm. And so that's why there's all the like, oh no, there, I was, I was on this mountain and I found the forgotten <laughs> temple of the nine falling stinging bees fist. <laughs> and I was there for 10 years, except it was only three months our time. Like, you know, and it's like, and it's like that kind of, that kind of stuff. 
And that's why, because yeah. you couldn't just study from a bunch of people, take the mm -hmm. lessons, internalize them, combine the lessons together, like integrate it into a system and then start mm -hmm. teaching it and say, I made this because that made you right. an asshole. And so right. like, whatever the, like, I don't, I don't like getting bound by the forms. A lot of people get like, like they want it to be really rigid and there aren't very mm -hmm. many martial artists that are worth the piss that like get rigid. You get, you get more and more like jazz, the better you get. Yeah. Um, cause it's not like, uh, the, the, the improv is dis difficult to, to describe outside of like people that are athletes or, um, uh, jazz musicians. Cause it's not, it's not like a classical work where you're, you have a pattern that you are studying, that you are trying to repeat as perfectly as possible. And, you know, frequently coming just short of that. It's mm -hmm. you are, you are in the moment and needing to create on the fly out of what's inside you. Right. So like in sports, athletes and teams spend a whole lot of time practicing plays and it's a play is designed to create certain things to happen based on what you think the defense is going to do so that you can get a good offensive possession. And so like whatever the sport is, it doesn't matter if it's basketball, hockey, soccer, football, whatever, you're trying to get the sport object into an open space at the same time as a member of your team. And so like, in hockey, it's you want to get an open space where the puck and the player get there at the same time so that the player can tee it up and you hope you get a lucky bounce. In soccer, it's the exact same thing. Just people don't have knives on their feet. Um, like, and it's, yeah. But it's like, that's how you generate. They shouldn't have knives on their feet. Soccer could be more interesting with that. I feel like it would be really hard to run fast. <laughs> like you get a I lot guess. more ankle injuries because like your foot would go in and then you'd be like, Ugh, and then, yeah. Oh, fine, fine, whatever. And, I mean, plus there was a dude and there's there's a guy that there was a hockey player that passed away. Um, in, yeah, uh, yeah, not the best. That was yeah, yeah. like that would happen yeah, so much more often in soccer. Um, yeah, I should not have made light of that. That was not <laughs> not a good look. Um, so I was playing Rocket League earlier. That's another sport that you try to get a thing and a thing with the stuff. But it's the same okay. principle. Object, teammate, open space, same time. And so your yep. offense, the best offense is in any sport, it's something that happens intuitively between teammates about being able to look at what the defense is doing and then you modify on the fly to make that goal happen, which is object, person, empty space at the same time. Because um, yeah. then there's nothing that the defense can do because they're out of position to do anything. And then so then something good happens. That's how fights work it's intuitive you do it in like it's it's called chunking like it's it's you're operating by feel rather than by analysis because analysis is too slow yeah you get in your um, head during a fight you're gonna lose get your face kicked in um yeah that's um every athlete that has ever been described as um not caught up to the speed of the game that means they're thinking the game they're not feeling the game yeah and so like the, all the forms analysis I usually don't participate in because I say a bunch of things that are unkind regarding the forms and I don't want to poison that for people. Yeah. Um, but I'm not, I'm not fond. Um, like Balin had a really, really defined style. Shin Hati had a very, very defined style. Um, Sabine had a very defined style. Ahsoka fought a little bit different every time she fought, which I thought was really cool. Yeah. Um, yeah. 
because uh, broadly speaking, like she was the, I realized that not everybody's going to agree with this. She was the best combatant in, um, yeah. out of everybody. Um, she lost because there were a whole bunch of times where she was fighting herself instead of fighting them. But like, she was the best combatant. Yep. Um, right. And like one of the reasons why Balin beat Ahsoka in that really, really cool open space fight with all this stuff going on, right? Like part of the reason why Balin won is because Balin had very, very good clarity of purpose. And Ahsoka was, um, if you've ever seen the movie, um, uh, last samurai with Tom Cruise, uh, too many mind. Like it was that, yep. like it was, yep. she was, she wasn't, she wasn't right with herself. So then it came out in her fight. And she, she lost it as soon as Sabine walked in, uh, or actually as soon as Shin walked in and she, she kind of got distracted by that at first and started to lose. And then Sabine kind of came back, but it was like, that's an even more disturbed, but she, she was up in her head. She lost that fight, uh, right there. And it was really interesting to see Balin switch in that fight. I'm just going to jump right into that fight. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's do it. It's uh, a great one. So, so Balin, Balin switched during that fight because at first he was fighting that as a defensive thing, trying to protect the orb. He didn't care about winning and he even said straight up to Ahsoka, like, I don't want to do this. I don't want to fight you. I don't want to kill you. We don't have to do this. Just let the orb do its thing and I'm going to stand in the corner and just watch. Like, I don't care. So the whole time he's doing defensive, he's just trying to play keep away. Stay away. That's it. And then he switches when he gets kicked and she gets really, really close to the orb. And you see him go for those haymaker style, just like big hammer swings that look like if he hits her one more time with one of those blows, she's going to just shatter every bone in her body. You know, like it's just... the, the attitude of the fight is is where yeah. like we really really see like the so like act act one has a certain like like a, a a delay a stall kind of a fight act two of that same fight is you know like that turning point where Balin has to fight differently because the way he was fighting like she was eventually going to accomplish destroying the orb she didn't need to live she needed to destroy the orb. And she was fighting that way. And so then he had to switch. Well, then like, as that, like, as he, as he pushes that to the advantage, then we get to act three, which you just brought up, which is where Shin Hati shows up. Oh crap. Sabine's dead. It's my fault. Yeah. You know? And, and then Sabine shows up. Sabine's alive. Oh no. Yeah. That's my fault too. Oh good. She's alive. Ah, I'm off a cliff. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, incredible, incredible, and I love his. What was it? The that was unwise again. Every single thing that man did was just so friggin' intimidating. Like, he d- and he doesn't think he's wrong. Damn, that is the no. serious for oh, he is not wrong. Yeah, is the like the yeah. person that is just like, no, this is like I've made my peace with this. It's like, and there's not there's not like remorse. It's like with Saw, uh, like Saw Guerrero, where it's just like, no, 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 ends justify the means. I'm there. I'm in. None of what I am doing is morally wrong because it is a moral obligation. Like Balin is there too. And so like all of the morally gray stuff that we are experiencing as an audience member, that character is just like, nope, no, I'm in the right. And I've made my peace with that. And if somebody wants to have an opinion about it, I will let them know what their opinion needs to be at the time that I need to hear it. (laughs) 
Yeah. The best kind of villain is the one that that not only thinks they're right, but like knows that they're yeah. right. Thinks in they're every the single fiber. Like, <laughs> oh, you think I'm wrong? Well, you're wrong, but like I can listen to you for a second, but I already know that you're wrong. And here's my giant knight in shining armor style lightsaber to back me up. Like it's just just badass personified. In, in, uh, in inevitability to yeah. his like the way he fights there's a like he's not going to get tired first like the you know yeah. like certain things of like like watching him those were things it's just like oh man because if the other person yeah. gets tired first it doesn't matter it doesn't matter if they're faster than you if they get tired before you <laughs> yeah. and you like i said like people were saying like he's similar to vader and i get that i get that but like when i was so watching it it was like this guy yeah he so he's imposing ability. like vader he's big but holy shit he can move like he's throwing in some spins, he's throwing in some stuff, and then he's hitting like a goddamn jackhammer at the same time. It's just like it's to me, it was something we hadn't really seen before. You get we the slow had, robotic Vader. We haven't had a and, methodical villain in a fight. Yeah, we've had we've had the Darth Mauls, which are super acrobatic. Well, to a certain extent, I think we could say that Dooku is methodical. Um, but it's but so mm. like we've had we've had Darth Maul, which is like an agility fighter. We had Dooku, who was finesse, right? Yeah. So there was an evident yeah. there was an Good inevitability to to his fighting style, right? Yeah. Um, Vader is the hammer and the anvil, um, like. But the the limitation of Vader's costume. So in the costume, he can't lift his hand above his face, and so one of the reasons why Vader fights one handed is because the costume doesn't allow him to fight two handed. Um, without basically just his hands having to be stuck. Um, yeah. It's like if he's got both hands on it, then he can rotate his waist, but he can't He can't move from the shoulder. He can move from his elbows. And so like from a choreography design standpoint, it's really, really limiting. Now they typically do a really, really good job with making him feel um, just like just like a weight on a sheet. You know, they describe gravity in space where it's just like, Mm-hmm. You know, distorts the space around it like they do a really good job of making it feel like that but then when, like when you break down his choreography vader's choreography is always really boring because the guy in the suit can't move and he can't see um balen's goal was not bound by any of that stuff and so like they were able to take the same thing where they had this like this character that was heavy um and and yeah. could do so much more with that um and so i loved watching him fight um yeah Loved watching him fight. Um, yeah. Was that your favorite and fight he, in the show? See, I kind of go back and forth. I think that's probably my favorite, like lightsaber to lightsaber fight. Uh-huh. I'm I'm gonna give it to that one. I think my favorite entertaining fight was probably the th- the the trio versus the the first set of zombie troopers before they became zombie troopers. Right. When you had. The three, uh, you know, the, the three amigos, uh, and you know, they're, they're all started off all with lightsabers, which was awesome. And then Ahsoka says, Sabine blasters, and she instantly and just kind of intuitively goes in between and behind the two people with lightsabers. So they're her shields, and she's just picking off, you know. And, the, that and, action sequence was so cool. And it was like, and that so was the moment cool. where it was just like, oh, this is how yeah. Sabine and Ahsoka work. Like this is yeah. when they're not like when they're yeah. not at each other, when they're not at themselves, because they're like, because their conflict at each other is a 
is a result of their conflict within themselves. Like the thing that the characters have to work on is the reason why they butt heads, um, as yeah. opposed to the opposite, right? Like, and that, and it's just like, ah, oh, this is it. This is why it works. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I love and fight throwing... scenes that have those. Like, yeah. Yeah, that that deeper meaning, and then throwing Ezra into the mix, and it's uh, you see that kind of like bestie connection between he and Sabine because she's taking people out, and he sees that opening, and even before Ahsoka goes into attack mode, because up until that point they're kind of in defense mode, even before she does, he's just like, "Cool, Sabine just opened that up for me, I'm in," and he cool. just goes in oh, yeah. swinging. Dum, dum. The way they moved the pieces on the board was really yeah. cool for that sequence. Um, yeah. And the, the finisher of him grabbing the two troopers into Ahsoka. Look at her face. Like rewatch that scene and look at her face. That is like proud mama bear of like, <laughs> yeah, that's right. She was so happy with herself, happy with her team, happy with the Padawan. Like everything was just coming together and she – hit those two troopers coming at her and was just like, yeah. Oh yeah, that was awesome. Like <laughs> it was so good. So that was, I think those are two, my, my two favorite fight scenes. Like the action what, what are yours? What are yours? Um, yeah. What's so my, my favorite, and this is not, it's like, and this is like, cause this hit all these emotional, all these emotional notes. It's the, the fight in the woods. Oh right? yeah. So it's, it's like, so they'll, it's the two Ronin on the road. And then the camera kind of backs up amongst the trees and it's, and so like the, I am, I am a long time enjoyer of samurai movies. <laughs> I have seen a lot of samurai movies. I've watched a lot of Kurosawa. I've watched a lot of like, <laughs> and so um, like the influence that those movies then had on anime and the ways in which that that has like affected Star Wars. Like we were talking about Star Wars visions earlier, right? And so, like the 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 two Ronin on the road, in like it's that it's the white and brown and red background. Like it's like you get it's you get all the same colors that are in like the Last Jedi and like there's all kinds of stuff, right? Because it's like because you have to have white so that the blood shows up. Like that's like you see that in in so many. Um, yeah. action movies in general like there's got to be white so that the blood will show up there's got to be mm-hmm. you know there's got to be darkness so that it feels imposing and it feels like heavy and all that kind of stuff and like the fight itself it's not tremendously acrobatic it's there's nothing in it that is just like oh, what did i just see but it's like it's a very like um uh it's got it's got the vibe of like the impending menace and the, mm-hmm. the feeling of stakes that I really love from a fight scene. Um, mm-hmm. There's a, there's a type of training that you'll do in some sword styles that is basically named after a log bridge. And so if, if I start walking on a log bridge and another person starts walking on a log bridge, if, especially if we are of like oppositional um, uh, families, territories, whatever. Right. I can't back up. Mm. I, I can't, I can't back up and let you cross. I need to cross. And if you're in the way, that's a you problem. That's not a me problem. Um, and so there are, there are drills of like, you basically you sort of you and the other person kind of inch your way across a balance beam and you have to time your attack. So you get them and they don't get you. Um, and the, the, the fight in the woods had that kind of, cause it's a very like, 
like very slow paced kind of like, you know, and it's mm-hmm. got that, that build of tension and it's, and the action is over very quickly. It's not all that, like, it's not groundbreaking. It's not acrobatic. It's none of these things, but it's the moment that it happens. It's also over. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's, uh, yeah, I, I, like you said, it, it's not the flashiest fight, but I loved that fight as well. The vibe is so because good. It, because of the vibe, because Ahsoka this time this is her second time going against that Inquisitor person yeah. thing, right? Yeah, and the, the weird time it's, person. <laughs> he's he's not catching her off guard this time. She's not messing around. She adjusts her stance. She's sizing him up, and she goes into full Anakin, maybe even a little Vader Predator mode. She's not messing around this time. She's going for the kill. She's ending this. She doesn't care. She also reminds me a lot of uh, Obi-Wan versus Maul in the desert, the final fight. Yeah. of Similar th- vibe when to she, that fight. She finally goes, and she's just like in a stance, ready to go. He starts spinning his little helicopter Inquisitor blade, and she's like, I don't care. This is already over. You just don't realize you're dead yet. Yeah. And she does that one little move very similar to, to Obi-Wan and it's over. But in her head, the way she was projecting that, the way she was moving, the way you said it was that methodical step for step, doesn't matter what you do. This fight, I'm already two steps ahead of you. It's I've like gone against you once. I've gone against you once. There's not going to be a third time. Like that was this fight for <laughs> you me. You have no it's surprises so left freaking for me. Good. Yeah. Yeah. No, um, so good. Uh, and then truthfully, as much as I enjoyed Balin's goal as a character and everything else, um, the, so the, like the, the climactic fight when, um, the, the Dathomir, um, you know, like they, they infuse her and like the mystical sword, mm. like it block a lightsaber, all that. So she is an incredible martial artist, like incredible martial artist so her dad um is the the keeper of a family style of kali uh it's a philippine martial art and he was he was buddies with bruce lee so bruce lee is Mm -hmm. her her godfather um (laughs) but like she is a really really good martial artist um, and yeah. so like getting her, getting to see her like really get to show off, like she got to show off a little bit in that fight scene in Mando where she had the spear yeah. and stuff like that. Like getting to see her with a one handed bladed weapon was just like, though it was just such a delightful treat. Um, and anybody that's, that's, um, on TikTok or Instagram, um, big bang Mike. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's his mom. Yeah. Um, I can't remember how old he was when, when she adopted so Power him. Rangers and three ninjas. Yeah. And, and that's like a host of other stuff. Yeah. Great um, stuff. Yeah. Like, like been, been, a been in, been in acting and martial arts for a really long time. Um, yeah. <laughs> super good dude. Occasionally kind of controversial with his online persona. Cause it like, yeah, that, that works. Like when you're going to be a yeah. creator, like, create, <laughs> like it's like, it, yeah, it's like, it's just like, <laughs> It's way, way easier to do that than to just be like, hey, no, hey, let's like, let's talk about the complexity of this. It's like, no, 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 just state your case and like do your hot take and then, and then defend it. And it's like, that's easier yeah. on, on social media. 
<laughs> but he's, he's a good dude, good martial artist. Um, but she, like getting getting to watch her like be really really awesome was like she's. I, I would I, I don't want to like rank martial artists because I feel like that's unreasonable. But like her and Ray Park are the best, mm. like the best fight people that Star Wars has had in any yeah. property, anything. Like she's so good. I was really disappointed yeah. um that they killed her off. They gave her a great fight scene and it was awesome and it was worth it. Um but I was really hoping we were gonna get to see more of her because she's so good. God, she's yeah. so good. <laughs> yeah. Um that, that was so beautifully choreographed too. That was the most, I'm going to say, uh, dancer-esque fight uh, of the two of them kind of dancing so, around yeah. each other. We, we so saw cool. a lot of, of, of power in some of the other fights. And this was, this was very, like evenly matched experts who were dancing with one another and just happened to have sharp incredibly deadly weapons at the same crazy deadly weapons yeah yeah it was it was so good uh that also kind of i want to i want to ask and this seems like a good time as any uh from a martial arts expert perspective ahsoka's reverse grip practical or purely aesthetic with a lightsaber you can get away with it a little bit more okay so basically (laughs) because it just it's it's such a deadly weapon um and if you think about it in this context I'm holding a broken staff. Right. And so I don't fight like I'm fighting with swords. I fight like I'm fighting the staff. You can get away with mm. it a little bit with a lightsaber because I don't have to worry about edge alignment. I don't have to, um, like, I get, I, I don't have to put the same type of power in to cut somebody. If it's edged, right. I can't fight with edged weapons. That way it doesn't work. Um, and then, like, one of the other ways that Ahsoka fights, sometimes where she's got a forehand and a crossguard grip, um, you'll see a lot of people in HEMA do variations on that because you use the crossguard grip hand as, like, mm. basically like a shield. Um, you oh, use okay. it so that, like, yeah. this creates voids. Right. Um, uh, and your arm doesn't get tired as fast. Hmm. All right. That makes sense. Um, versus like the way that you have to hold a shield because you got so much more weight and things like that. And like having right. a really big shield obstructs your vision. And so doing something where it's like you've got a shorter sword or something else that you do. And and its job is basically to clear, to create openings for your primary weapon. Um, like that's like that's that's viable. And it works with it, it works with edged weapons. Um, but like in general, Ahsoka's fighting style if you're using swords instead of lightsabers, not great. Um, right. Okay. <laughs> um, Cause you, if you're, if you're in cross grip, if you're using your sword, like a knife, it works fine. Mm. Um, but chopping, it's really difficult to deliver good edge power. And so right. it's yeah. like, you have to get, you have, if you're using it like a knife, it's fine. Um, and okay. so like there's certain like uh, ninjato, um, like fighting styles that you're you're fighting against somebody with a sword and so you technically have a sword but your sword is so much shorter you're using mm. it like a dagger um okay um just like relative to the fight um yeah and, and so like they when you look at the way the techniques work and things like that like you're, you you have a sword if you're using it like a knife and so like a sword you can get away with it um uh, from a meta standpoint if you reverse grip you're giving up reach 
um, you're limiting the number of attack vectors you can choose um, because the way your the way your arm moves if the blade is coming out this way is much more mm -hmm. limited. And so you can't deliver power on as many lines. You make it so that the person protecting themselves doesn't have to account for as many things. The lightsaber lets you offset that because it's so deadly at just a tap. Right. Um, and right. so that's one of the reasons why. And so like, it looks awesome. <laughs> looks awesome. Yep. Um, and, it, and it creates a lot of fun things that choreographers can do. Cause it's like, you get to have a sword and a staff at the same time with the same character. And so like mm -hmm. anytime you can have somebody changing how their weapon works in the middle of the fight without having to make them change weapons is like that allows you to do really cool stuff. And so like Ahsoka's mm -hmm. fighting style doesn't translate outside of the Star Wars universe. Right. Would not change it for anything. <laughs> yeah. And we saw that, that kind of switch with, with Anakin when he's going at Ahsoka and she's in the defensive, but he does something where he whips around and he turns around and he's holding it reverse grip for that final mm -hmm. slash. And like you said, like it's just so deadly that – you know, he comes along with one and she blocks it. And that's when he stops, but he instantly flips it back right side up because he's Anakin. But like, he even does that little switch at one point. Well, and that's uh, just a, to, so again, were, just to make it more interesting. Well, and we are forever going to see people using swords or sword like weapons switch to reverse grip for on screen choreography because it solves a problem. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and now if there's another person that also has to be in frame, you can't yeah. see you can't see us at the same time. And mm -hmm. so like we will forever see reverse grip because it allows you to have a moment where your characters are close face to face with their weapons. Yeah, because yeah, I can I can pull it back like this. And, and then you get face. like my it's, it's, my it's blade, right yeah. your blade, our faces are right next to yeah. each other. Uh any other any other like memorable or like Shout out fight scenes that maybe not your favorite, but like you just want to kind of shout them up before we start wrapping things up. Um, so a fight scene is a storytelling device, right? And in Star mm -hmm. Wars, when you have a character that is using a lightsaber, your fight scenes are where you are showing them overcoming the stuff that they need to work on as a character. Right. And so like the, um, I've used a whole lot of non-Star Wars references. Um, so we'll do another one. Uh, Samurai Jack. And so there is a scene in, I, I don't, it's one of the first seasons of Samurai Jack where Jack is fighting all of the anger and everything that he has towards Haku and what Haku has done to him. Right. And so like mm -hmm. we have this fight and he is having to fight himself. He's fighting his anger. Mm. Right. And it's winning until he stops and he sits down yeah. and he processes this feeling that he was having to confront, but he processes the feeling. He, he processes all of this conflict of like, like the selfish motivations and other things Like he goes, he goes through it and then he doesn't have to fight it anymore. And he can go back to mm. fighting Haku because if you're fighting yourself, you can't fight them. And so yeah. Sabine gets wrecked in that first fight with Shin Hati because she's fighting herself. She's not like she's fighting Shin, but she's fighting her own insecurity. She's fighting her own unwillingness to like, you know, listen. 
um, which is just like, it's a Star Wars Padawan tradition is like, you know, knowing better than your instructor and then having that be the root cause of all the problems that the story then has to solve. Um, mm-hmm. Like that's, and that's not unique to, <laughs> it's been a, it's kind of life, things. right? Like it's, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now listen, I'm going to try to explain this to you because my instructor tried to explain it to me and then I went and I was a dumbass and it's taken me, you know, da, 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 da. And so I want you to not be a dumbass. And so I'm going to explain it to you like this, because I think if my instructor had explained it to me like that, I wouldn't have been a dumbass. The student goes on to be a dumbass. Yeah. Like, cause it, <laughs> cause that's, it's like, that's part of, it's, it's, it's what it yeah. is. That's what we all do. <laughs> and when, and when you need a story to have galactic level stakes, then you need the fuck up to be pretty significant so that it affects the whole galaxy with your selfishness. Um, and like, that's the, like, and so Sabine has like something that doesn't seem like it was a tremendous risk to take it back to the home space, like this, like this home turf, so to speak, to, to deal with this information and this and whatever. And then that's where it goes wrong because it has to go wrong. Otherwise the story's really boring. Um, and that, and it just underlines the, like, because she doesn't have a, she doesn't have a home. She doesn't have places that she feels mm-hmm. safe or whatever. She fits out. She doesn't fit in, um, which is like a key piece of her character's journey, both like both within the story now and wherever the story is going to be going. And then mm-hmm. Ahsoka is like, has all of this weight of like not being able to fix Anakin and, you know, having had to have been a child soldier and a child of war and inadvertently helping bring about the Galactic Empire. If the Jedi had been less good at winning fights alongside the clones, the Galactic Empire doesn't get to happen, but they they mm-hmm. did too good a job. So then it was able to go directly from that to Empire. Right. And so and you know, so Ahsoka has all of this that she's fighting with. And there's the the specter of Anakin over her character. And so then they had to have the moment of like, no, he really did care. Mm. He really did. He really cared about you. Yeah. Which is like, there's certain like abusive spouse, abusive instructor. Like he just, he just didn't know how to communicate his feelings. And so he did horrific, irresponsible things to you, but he, he like he, he cared he just oh, absolutely well, played fast and loose with ethics because he thought yeah. he knew better. Um, <laughs> and so it happens. It's a lovable scamp. He's so adorable <laughs> with his, you know, mass murder. Uh, yeah. What's a little, well, he was a little, who doesn't have a little, what's a little mass murder. Um, but that, you know, and so like the, the fight scenes for Sabine, as we see her grow until that final moment of like, mm. you know, launching Ezra and like getting the, you know, the, 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 the pseudo joke. Cause he almost misses and all that kind of stuff. Like, it's like the growth of Sabine and then mm. the, uh, then the, and then the isolation of it's like, all right. So there was, there was this problem and now she doesn't have a choice. She's going to have to work on it in order to get home. And so she Mm -hmm. felt like she didn't have a home. And now that she can't get back, it's just like, oh, crap, I did. Like, I did. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I got to get back to it. Yeah. Because they're going to light it on fire. Her growth was, 
Yeah, yeah. Her growth was phenomenal in, in this. That was like the, kind of the real um, story. And, and it was growing. Uh, you saw it in both Master and Apprentice or Padawan or whatever uh, with this, with, where Ahsoka had to, you know, deal with her own demons and, and Sabine had to deal with hers. And they, they kind of, um, you know, helped each other, but also kind of had to do it on the, in their own way. Um, and, and for Sabine, it was a lot of accepting both parts. And I, I loved, there's a, a part in the, the battle, the fight in the woods where it shows her helmet, laying down on the ground and it was like she was trying to dismiss the the mandalorian part of herself but you know when she picks the helmet up during that final fight it was like oh she's she's accepting both and she's going through stormtroopers she's blasting she's lightsaber she's ever she's like that's her she's a mix stop fighting either part except both because that's what makes you whole and And it's so 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 good like it's like rather yeah. than I am form five, I am that like I'm gonna allow it. To, yeah. It's like it's it's pastels, it's yeah. charcoals. Like you gotta yeah. you gotta you gotta rub it together in order for it to work. So great. Um, so you great. Know? And then the, and like uh, the uh, all of the Ahsoka journey of the like I want I want to work alone. I don't want to be responsible for somebody else's development. Which was it was just like I'm like, Ahsoka does to Sabine everything Anakin did to her. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. you know, like all the, you know, it, it does it in a different way, and I and it's like, and it's definitely like a, like, uh, the character wanting to be different and having to reconcile all of the complexity of that relationship and things like that. I feel like they were a little yeah. bit more gentle to Anakin than I would have been, but I also like, mm. I've, I've made a lot of content about how how much of an affront to my profession he is, and so, mm. like, yeah. Uh, the only other thing I want to call out is, is and I, I talked about this last episode, so I won't harp on it too long. Mm-hmm. Um, the fight scene, and I, I love my lightsaber choreography. We were talking about it for a while here. But the, the fight scene of Ezra saying he doesn't need a lightsaber and just using the force and how that dynamic played. And we saw, uh, to me, the, it was kind of the, the Maul's apprentice moment for me because we had that great hallway scene with Maul uh, and Ahsoka frees him from the prison and he goes through the hallway and he uses the force and the hallway as his weapon against all the troopers and everything. And this was Ezra kind of like Maul really wanted him to be his apprentice. And it's like, Oh, Maul would be so happy right now of you just like stopping a lightsaber with your hands and the force and just being just this, this destructive force with the force is like okay yeah well yeah. and like mall's mall's smiling somewhere and so we've seen uh we've seen we've seen the force as a weapon a lot of times yeah but ezra's a jedi and so the force is a shield mm-hmm. right and that's like right now we're now we're on pokemon sword and shield <laughs> yeah <laughs> but so there are there are a number of um, Aikido is a really good example, and I'm I'm a hundred percent all aboard the train of if we are going to make the Jedi more like Aikido, I'm in. There are some martial artists that would just be like, no, 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 it should be like this, whatever. I don't know, like more like Aikido. I'm in. That sounds good. I'm I'm so in. Um, <laughs> but like, there's there are a number of techniques within Aikido where it's just like, all right, now you're going to do this thing that you normally do with a sword, and we're going to take the sword away. 
Mm. And you're going to do it without the sword. And now they have a sword. And so you got to change it a little bit so that you don't lose your fingers. But right. like it's sword with no sword, like that kind of um, that kind of thing. And like that's a like I have a soft spot for that because I really like you think about Captain America, right? Like it's the shield. The shield has been used by some writers to kill. Mm-hmm. Like it's been it has been used to kill. But in yep. general, like part of the genesis of it is like the shield is there because it's to protect people. And that's like, that's the Jedi that it's like, it's the force is there to protect people. It's there to preserve life. You know, even Balin not wanting to destroy Ahsoka. Part of that is like, I feel like Balin probably has like an Ubermensch kind of a thing where it's like, no, no, no. Like we're just, we're better than everybody. Like it's not their fault. They didn't ask to be born normal, but like he he said, he's better. He he said straight up to Shin. He, it's uh, you know, the, the Jedi and the Sith both failed. I trained you to be something more, something better. Like he knows he's better than every Homelander, Jedi, Sith, regular people. Like, you know, like that kind of, yeah. That, you know, and Dooku was kind of in that same zone too. Like, you know, but that it's like, but that, And that, and that desire to, it's like, you know, like, I don't want to, I don't want to kill a fellow superior being if I don't have to, you know, cause we're just, the, it, it, they're plebeians. Like that's what they're for. Yeah. They're there to be underfoot. Yeah. 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 Um, and, and so we'll see, like, God knows what they're going to do moving forward with his character. Cause like you hate to recast it. Cause on one hand, like he did such an amazing job mm. and to, and to change yeah. the actor you know, but by the same token, if he just like disappears into the mist, it's also like I think that's <laughs> such a disservice to to everything that he set up. Um, yeah, it's tough. And and let and, you know, I don't I don't know what the right answer is there because I I agree with the case for both options because you know, but that's I can see the argument for both. I because I love the character so much, I kind of lean a little bit more into please like recast but do it like thoughtfully you know find the right person who can uh use that same level of gravitas and the same imposing kind of which is uh, a big figure ask. like it's a very big, big so i think they really need to uh to do it right who i would but, i don't uh, even know who i would list i but. saw uh leah shriver um uh-huh. being okay. tossed around uh, imposing guy, same age, same height, similar build, good actor. I think I think yeah. maybe could uh, could be one of the few people that one that of the only times I've, I've ever seen liked that I'm like tooth, see that like as depicted. Yeah, like did such a great yeah. job with that character, and that's a that's a tough character to make yeah. likable. Like <laughs> very much so. Yeah, um, very much so. So I, I could I could see that one. Um, no, I think we could talk all night, but I don't want to take up too much more of your time. So I'm going to, I think, end things here and give you this last couple of minutes. Uh, first off, just thank you for joining me for for talking this long about Star Wars and, and fight scenes. And this I'm is this I'm has been an episode of been, I've been looking up 
uh, I, I've been looking forward to. And this came about you. You said you know the, the writer strike ended, and you you made a TikTok <laughs> saying like any creator. I want to talk about Ahsoka and Good Omens too. <laughs> whatever. Uh, that was it. And I would like instantly message you like, dude, let's, let's go. Cause we, yeah, instantly. And so it's been since, since the writer strike ended that we've, we've been kind of talking for anyone that wants the behind the scenes of how we set up. Yeah, the stuff. Uh, so thank you so much for, for coming on, for, for joining us again. Uh, please tell people if they're not already following me, uh, where, where they can and, uh, and what, what you, what are you, what are you doing? All right. And so if you look up level up light on basically any social media platform, that'll get you to, that'll get you to me. Um, on TikTok, TikTok, I am level of light one, two, and three. Um, cause for, there was, there were some stretches there where like, if I did certain types of saber content, I would get temporary bans. Um, I've now been, right. I've yeah. now been far enough away from any of my stuff getting flagged that, mm. Um, but I was in, I was, I was in like a tenuous position there for a little bit where, um, uh, where if I had, if I had something get flagged, then I was going to have like two weeks without being able to post comment, whatever. And so it was just like, uh, rough. and so then I started, you know, then I started a second account and then somewhere in there, it got its first content violation warning, which like ultimately like every content violation I've had has been successfully appealed, but the nature of their the way that they do it is like even if you win your appeal it's still sort of like a mark because they don't like it's yeah. there's not a there's not an easy way to moderate the amount of content they get and so i understand that it's yeah. like it's an impossible problem but like when the second one caught um a um, uh, a content warning i was just like oh crap and then so then i made a third one <laughs> <laughs> it's just like, all right, here we are now. I have three counts. Okay. And mostly I'm on level up light one. Cause I can't remember the last time I had, uh, I had anything get flagged, but, um, that's good. yeah, it's, that's, it's better that way. Um, yeah. yeah, level up light one, um, level up light on Instagram, um, uh, level up sabers on the YouTubes. Um, uh, but I would be I would be very happy to answer questions about lightsabers from anybody. Talk Star Wars, um, encounter your content. Any cosplayers that might be listening to this, I, if I'm not already following you, I would love to be. I try to um, uh, anybody that anybody that's following me that does a lot of cosplay content, I try to follow them back because it makes it easier for for people to ask me questions and things like that. So if I'm not yet, um, hit me in my comments um, uh, so that I know that you fell through the cracks on me. And I can I can rectify that, um, but yeah, level up light one friendly neighborhood master Allen, um, I am findable. Um, <laughs> uh, all places where social media is sold. <laughs> Absolutely, and the lightsaber site for people that want to go buy a lightsaber that's guaranteed better than a stick. Friendly neighborhood level master Allen invites you to visit levelupsabers.com, the only lightsaber guaranteed better than a stick. Perfect. <laughs> master Allen, thank you so much. I couldn't for look joining at the video me. while I was doing we... <laughs> <laughs> uh, I love it. I absolutely love it. Thank you so much. Thank you for everyone that was listening. You can find me at the underscore Canardian pretty much everywhere instagram tiktok my two main places and you can also hang out with me and all the other secret friends unite people over on our discord channel where we have channels and uh, 
places for Star Wars, Star Trek, video games, all the different things. You can talk about what you want to and pick what you want to do over there. Uh, thank you so much for listening, watching. And again, Alan, thank you for joining us. And uh, as always, may the force be with you. Rex. We'll make it so that it's not as, uh, not as long in between next time. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> Any excuse to get you back on, uh, I'm happy to do. You know how to reach sure. me. Yes. Rex, play us out.